far too many female advisors have spent years adapting to a business model designed for men, which often undermines their strengths as women. Not anymore. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, a show designed to empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller-Heckman, founder of Femex Advisor, will inspire and empower women to leverage their natural strengths as women and create a more successful practice that feels effortless. Follow along for female-driven inspirational and motivational strategies to help you create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Now, onto the show. Well, welcome everybody to today's podcast. I'm Adri Miller-Heckman with Femex Advisor, where women fearlessly embrace their authentic self. Now, I have a special guest today, and as many of you know, I typically interview female advisors. Well, this is a woman who supports and encourages and inspires women advisors. And I don't think I've ever met another woman on the planet who has the same amount of energy, passion, and drive as I do. So join me in welcoming Cheryl Hickerson, founder of Females in Finance. Oh my goodness. I feel like a lot to live up to now. <laughs> you, I, I, I feel like this is it, friends. I can just go for the rest of the month and I'm good. We'll call you the superstar. Oh right? boy. I love so, it. As you know, Cheryl, a big part of our podcast is really looking at all the trials and tribulations we go through in our journey to success and how all of those things are a part of the process. And I'm not going to tell the audience yet, but you just took a huge leap of faith. But before we get there, give us your story, kind of lead us into females and finance. Yeah. So I, so I was 19 years old. I moved to St. Charles, Missouri, which is a pretty little town, moved to San Francisco. Why? Because I saw it on the a postcard thing one time. I thought it was the prettiest place I'd ever seen in my life. And interesting. And I, I moved there and I don't have a job. I have a car. I have a thousand dollars because I thought I had really made it. Okay. Yeah. I was broken like a day. So I had to get a job and I had watched Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. So I went to Kinko's in Berkeley, California, copied the resume that was in the book, like the sample. <laughs> and this is true. And I faxed it to the wrong number, Adri, the wrong <gasps> number. And I get a phone call that afternoon. And the person on the phone said, hi, my name is what, you know, I'm with Mass Mutual. I think that you were trying to fax this someplace else. And, but we're hiring. Would you like to come in for an interview? Your, <laughs> your resume is fantastic. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And I have to tell you, I know that, you know, from a podcast perspective, I'm going to make Adri left uh, on vigil. This is the pager that I got that on that message on one day. I still have it sitting on my desk this very day. And it said to call that number. And I did. So you remember pagers, young people look it up, Google it. <laughs> so I have to tell you from there, I got in there and a hundred percent knew nothing about the world of risk management, but they gave me the job. And I'm sure they were really reluctant because I have to tell you, one of the questions they asked me in that interview was, do you know anything about insurance? And I said, yes, my father pays my car insurance. I remember vividly that question. Robert Brumby asked me that question and away we go. And what happened was I got in there and I just was very inquisitive. I wanted to understand what we were doing and away. And, and it just was a love. I really found an actual passion for helping people uh, protect 
themselves, their belongings, things like of that nature. So moving forward, as I, you know, went from there, I moved into estate planning. So I left this job and went to another. And I really found that fascinating, but I'm going to also be honest and tell you that I felt very overwhelmed. I came home from the very first day of that job and remember telling my now ex-husband, but he, I told my husband at the time, I said, I, I, I can't go back. They're talking about crats and cruts and grats and gruts. And I don't know what any of that is. And this is uh, before Google. <laughs> so I had to go to the library and get like a real book. And start reading about it. And that's what I did. So I moved from there and it just keeps progressing. I keep going. But I did notice the, that oftentimes I was the only woman in the room. I was the only woman I would go in and not just because I was an assistant or whatever, like I was the only one there. And as I moved through and advanced myself, education, you know, things of that nature, I be, started speaking on, I started getting really involved in marketing, got a speaking job for a bunch of advisors in San Antonio, Texas in 2017. I go in, present in front of 300 people, which you know, you've been there too. It's a pretty normal setup for an event. Yep. And I asked the event coordinators, I said, how many cheeks are in the seats? And she said about 300. And I said, okay. And when I walked up on stage to make my presentation, because I am a little Miss Ray of Sunshine and they bring me in, that's what I'm due to go in there. And they put me in the after lunch spot. Cause I'm like, yeah, wake them up. Right. That's <laughs> it. Get those carbs moving. And I looked out and there were four women. I don't know why that day was so significant for me, but I, and they even diversified them, you know, like one in 25% of the room, one in 25% of the room and so on. And I left and I went back to sit down in my seat and it was the next gentleman who got up, who actually changed the trajectory of my life. He got up and he said, wow, I love San Antonio. This is great. So much shopping, but I find that if I want to protect my retirement plan, I'm going to have to hold my wife's hand. I sat there and I purposely that day looked around to see who's laughing, who's laughing. Well, the men all laughed. They thought that was just a hoot and the women didn't. They sat there and smiled politely like we normally do. And I walked out of that conference, got on a plane. And remember, I got a bunch of awards on the back of my credenza that say I do marketing well. I erased all of my social media and started fresh, all of it. That's like almost... It's almost like suicide for career suicide, because this is what you're getting graded on. And I decided from that day forward, I would only feature stories, only feature marketing wins that were by women in financial services. That was So it. I want to jump in here because what I find fascinating, what is so important for every woman to embrace is that we're on this journey and it's usually when we're unhappy it's usually when we experience something negative that moves us further along our journey, leading us to where we are meant. And, you know, I have to, and to your point, I think sometimes people say something bad or something, something uh, friction happens, right? I want to be very clear with anyone who's listening, whether, and, and it's not the men, this is directed or to the women, it's the men. Just because women experience friction doesn't mean that we're always angry. Do not mistake the friction or the, the crossness we feel with the friction toward not even just the men. It's the friction that I felt was for myself showing up in places that were inauthentic. Explain what you mean by friction. So for example, standing up there and looking out, I have no problem working with men on right. their mark, things like that. 
the friction I felt was what did I do to help ensure that that conference had a more successful turnout of women? How do I make certain that when I show up, am I asking the right questions to explain the audience to me a little bit more? Are we making certain that certain that we have women, women of color, making certain that there's diversity represented in the room? Because I had two things happen from that. One, you get better questions as a speaker because you have a variety of people asking those questions. And two, you're making the attendees better because they're hearing a variety of perspectives, not just the same plain vanilla individuals yep. who are asking yep. the same questions. So, so take me back to you, you wiped out your social media yeah. and what did you do now? Started talking about, I, and it was funny. It was a random hashtag one day. I started featuring the women who were like, look at, you know, look at this woman down in Atlanta who's doing this. And I would put hashtag females and finance. It started off as just a simple hashtag. And then I came back after quite 10, 10 or 11 weeks of this and decided, you know, I'm going to start interviewing women on basically five things. One was, how did you get hired? How'd you get here? Because, you know, my story might be funny, but I stayed. So Two, what kind of mentoring did I get? I had very good mentoring. I had a wonderful male professional who stepped right in and said, hey, I want to grow you because you're naturally inquisitive and energetic and we can't teach curiosity. We can teach the rest of it. Three was, what kind of training did you get? I did find that a lot of the women I interviewed, Adri, were very proactive in getting training, their designations, impactful CE, such a, things of that nature. And then fourth, how are we advancing ourselves? Because whether it was lateral, because we were moving from, let's say, insurance to investments or et cetera. But then they had some that was, there was a trajectory of going up and into whether a company or going out into your own. And the, the fifth question that I asked was, at any point, did you have a male ally there? If they said yes, the next question that I asked was, do you feel successful? There was an intrinsic value of success that I feel that you can't deem me successful just as much as I can't deem you. I found there was a hundred percent correlation between the question of, and I, I did interview 383 women. I want to be very clear on the number that we asked that question. A hundred percent of the answers were yes. Yes. I had a male ally. Yes, I feel intrinsically successful. So I knew that men were going to be a very important part of any movement that we wanted to have within a women-centric focus in financial services, and we needed to include them. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I want to jump in here. It's interesting you say that because it's so easy to remember the men that you worked around or were subjected to that were negative, that were controlling, that were demeaning, that limited your opportunities. But there's that one man who quietly and sincerely encouraged you. And it just yeah. takes one. It just it really does. takes one. It really does. And, you know, and to your point, it's interesting because I asked, I had polled the group that I have today, the question of, has anybody, fill in the blank, what has someone told you too, too much of? And I want people to hear that the men were mortified for us that are a part of, you said, man, we have, we use that term. It's called male ally network. The men who are in, part of our man initiative at Females in Finance were shocked to find out we've told we're too loud. We're too bossy. We have too much makeup, too short of clothes, too bright of clothes, too loud, too soft, too sensitive, too empathetic, 
I mean, these are real words that women were coming <laughs> back with. And it was just, and the men were telling me privately in DM going, I had no idea that people did this. And you know what else? It, in one of my retreats that we had with my coaching clients, the second day, it was really interesting, the dynamics of this group. And I said, let's be real here. Let's think of all the things that we are. Okay. And I started writing on the flip chart. I said, I can be bitchy. I can be loud. I can be aggressive. I can be competitive. I can be overbearing. And we can be all those things. But our society tells us we're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be. I am. I'm sorry. Does it mean I'm dominantly bitchy and overbearing? No, but I am definitely competitive. I am definitely passionate, right? So we have to look at all those words and embrace it. Yes. And that, so there, what you just said is magic because when we started, so we started as a special interest group on Facebook, you were an original OG. You know, you were one of the first women that I said, who, who can I put in here? Who's going to be very powerful and fierce and give permission for people to use their voice, their feelings, whatever it is, is their superpower and go forward. Right. Well, having said that, you know, we, I remembered saying at the time, if I can get 200 women and I don't even, that's a magic number. So don't anybody come to me and go, it's not, I just had my mind that I'm going to get 200 women. And I had that in eight days. Today, we have 3,261 women. I actually formally became uh, an organization, a membership organization, April 2nd of 2019. So I gave it some time to kind of sit and, and, and percolate. And I have to tell you some of the most fascinating conversations come from that group because One, we have it well-rounded enough in the sense that we do have male representation, female, obviously female representation, but, you know, we're also very inclusive in the sense that if, you know, depending on how you identify with your pronouns, whether you identify, you prefer other terms, et cetera, we're very accepting. So we're exclusive in the sense it's private. You have to get vetted to get in. I'm the gatekeeper. I tell everybody, if you don't like, it's my party. And if somebody, you know what, I get to build my own party. You know, I could go build your party. I'm okay that's with right. that. That's right. And you can cry if you want to. That's right. <laughs> but the inclusivity that that's felt in that group is because they have a safe place that they can ask questions just like that. Okay. So you and I could go on forever about women and what we need to do and where we want to go. But I want to go back to you. Okay. And as we started to talk, you know, you talked about leaving Missouri and going to San Francisco. And I wrote fearless, right? You were fearless in a lot of the things that you did. And you made a lot of successful blunders, successful steps. And every step we take again is leading us. Now, you just took one of the biggest steps ever. And what is that? So I left my wonderful job and do females of finance full-time. This is it. (gasps) I am the CEO of my company and I don't have to say, and. So you left the security, the structure of working for a large company. Yes. And you decided it's time to just focus on females and finance. What was that? First of all, my first question with you, Cheryl, is what the hell took you so long? Oh my goodness. Right? You're such a coach. I love it. 
And what was the hardest part about this move? So the first question about what took so long is letting go. Letting go of what? Letting go of something being very, like you could hold on to it and it's sure, you're sure-footed. It's very, it's almost like that little toddler who wants to get up and walk and let go of the couch and they're, they can walk around the couch because they're holding on. So I was doing a job, but to let go, to walk over to there takes a lot of courage that you have to trust your feet. You're standing there. And I was afraid to let go. And they say that the hardest part of skydiving is jumping out of the plane. It's letting go, you know? So I do think that for me, that was, there was a fear there, the unknown. Okay. Stop right there. You were fearless, Mm -hmm. right? In your twenties. Oh yes. And we go through all this and we build these fears, this little internal fears come up. Had you been in this position in your twenties and you were fearless, right? So what was the fear was lack of security? What? Yeah. I think the fear was, am I going to mess up? Am I going to not do right? Am I going to, am I going to be successful? Am I going to, am I going to make a difference? Is this really making a difference? And I've questioned myself every day. And then when you're a solopreneur, so you're sitting here in this job doing this work. And if the cat over here laying in the window is my coworker, you know, he thinks I'm great because he thinks there's snacks every time. I can't even say that word. He'll jump up. I think that it was me by myself. I have to make all the decisions. I don't have that, that security, that structure to hold on to. It's me out here doing that. And I feel like I let go. I'm definitely toddling along right now. I definitely fall and make mistakes, but I get up every day and it feels like I'm doing the right thing for the first time. Like my, I can't tell you that this time now, when I wake up and we sit down and you and I talk, I don't have my mind going, well, I also have to do this or do that. I am right here ever present with you because it's a choice I make. And it's a part of who I am, my business and well, and our friendship and such too, that has started to improve my fearlessness again. Yes. It creates each day that you get up and say, I did yesterday. I can do today. I love that. Yeah. You just got to keep. And so I'm borrowing mm -hmm. from yesterday to invest in tomorrow. That Well, and, and, and to your credit, you really in 2021, you invested in yourself. Yes. You invested in going to retreats, in uncovering who you are. You really started doing some personal excavation, excavation. Yeah. Right. What impact did that have? So I'm going to say the scariest thing I've ever said. I spent three times the amount of money I've ever spent in my life on personal development. Notice the difference between that and professional development personal development. What makes me, me, wherever I go, there I am. Why, why do I do the things I do? And anyone listening right now, the reason why individuals like Adri are so, 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 so important to the work that we do is they help uncover. They open up the wrinkles of our brain and say, there it is. (laughs) Let's talk about that. But it doesn't have to be mean. It isn't like somebody squawking at your face. It's this, it's a firm, but loving 
let's talk about this wrinkle for a hot second. And all of a sudden, and I'm go- I'm not going, I'm not going to tell you anything about why a particular game or exercise was played at a personal development class, but I can tell you this, that part of it was everybody needed to come up with a plan. And I was very comfortable sitting in the back, letting everybody make those decisions. And then I would ap- agree. And at the end of it, what I found out was, however, I showed up during that is who I am in my life. And there was, I, I, I was shook. Mm-hmm. I was completely shook because that is, I was playing small. Why wasn't I up there standing there saying, Hey, why don't we think about this? Why, where was that fearless girl who got in her Datsun 510, the most unreliable car on the planet and drove 2,300 miles, slept in gas stations at night when they're, who does that when they're night? You do anything when you're 19, 20 years. Let me um, share a little bit, you know, those fears, those attitudes, those limiting beliefs are fed into us throughout our life, yes. right? When I look back on this young girl who I was at 12 years old, I was an entrepreneur. I was fearless. I was strong. There was nothing I could not do. And you look back on your life and you see the challenges building these this foundation of pain and challenges. But when you finally get to where you love to be, and, and that's where I am, and it's not just in the business world. It's really manifesting who I want to be when I'm with my family at a family reunion, with friends. And I truly have to think how I want to feel and be at this event, because I can be pretty tough and straight and direct. All of a sudden, I start to become that girl again at 12 years old. And she is so free and things don't bother her and she is fearless. And so it's almost like this circle we start at, you know, we start as young girls, fearless and courageous. And then we want to end that way as well. And the sooner we get there, the better. Amen on that. And one last thing. Do you think, here you are, you've started Females in Finance. It has been extremely successful. You've built out a fabulous infrastructure. It adds value. It is exactly where you were meant to be. Would you agree? A thousand percent. Okay. Do you think you could have gotten here without all the challenges and trials and tribulations? Don't think I could because I've learned there's lessons. I never, do you know the one thing that I feel I honor myself with every day is that I came through a lot. I never felt like a failure though. I definitely, in some other person's eyes, it would be considered that I failed, but I don't because when something didn't work out because of that first mentor that I have, and I always give props to Robert Bumby. He's still my mentor to this day. I don't know if people realize this. This is, this is 32 years, 33 years later. He's still my mentor in, in Georgia. And it was because he taught me how to see the lesson in it. He was a school teacher prior to being a financial advisor, a financial planner. And he said, you're not feeling, you're learning. You didn't know that. Mm. So when you know better, 
you do better. <laughs> you know, when I was a financial advisor and I had previously been the branch administrator for Bob Martinson, and when he would call me in to his office and we'd do a review, he'd say, you know, Andre, you just brush over the positives, but it's like you want me to give you negatives. Yeah. And I said, I know, I love the negatives because the negatives, the things I'm not doing well are telling me where I need to focus. So the question is, I know that I'm an off the charts optimist. Was I born with that or did I learn that? How about you? Were you born with that or did you learn it? I think that I learned it. My mother passed Ooh. away at a very early age and I just learned that I could get up every day and I could either be, oh, and this is at six and seven. I want you to remember, I'm, I was very little when my mother passed away and I could either get up every day and be a sourpuss or I could get and try to find the good. And I want to give one piece of credit to my dad, my father, who I know, you know, recently passed away. My father used to tell me in the morning and he'd sit down and put a bowl of oatmeal in front of me and he'd say, Cheryl, I had a dream about you last night. Something amazing was going to happen, but I woke up, the alarm went off. Could you find out what that is today and then tell uh, me when you get home? I love that. Do you know oh that God. I went the whole day looking for all the good stuff wow. and I'd he'd come home and he'd say, what was it? Did you figure it out? Yes. I got an A on my spelling test. And he's like, there you go. Add a girl. Wow. Isn't that magical? That is magical. And so I think what we're learning here is that whether you're born that way or not, mm -hmm. the more you embrace relishing and embracing the mistakes, quote unquote, which aren't mistakes, the challenges that you have faced and how you overcome those challenges. When you embrace those challenges, it will lead you faster to your ultimate destination, right? A thousand percent. And I will even add one thing to that. As you go through something very simple, someone can do that I learned in personal development. So when something happens that makes you feel that you feel a certain way to that you don't like sadness, confusion, aggravation, angry. If you take the time to actually write down why you feel that way, well, this person did this to me and it made me feel like this and did it, write it down. Sounds this is, I promise you this all sounds silly, but you'll see where it comes out and then give yourself the grace of space of a few days, five days, whatever, say nothing really hold yourself to saying nothing to that person. And some people will say, well, they hurt me and stop. They did not hurt you. You hurt yourself. You're allowing that to come in because every single time, not once a hundred percent of the time that I've done this exercise, I have been able to be so objective of myself versus being subjective in the moment when I'm angry. And then I can say, this is the narrative. Here's Brene Brown. This is the narrative I created for myself. Is this in fact correct? And then actually ask in a professional, loving way that to the other person and they can say, no, I didn't mean that at all. I didn't realize it came off that way. I am sorry. You mm. would be amazed at how many people will actually say, I am sorry. I mm. did not mean that. We're just human beings, Adri. We're all trying to get up every day, figure out our day. 
And it just because somebody's, and we're all allowed to have a bad day. Children cannot go through the whole day and have a great day every day. And if you're at expectation of that, you're going to think that. And it's the same into adulthood. So you got to give the grace of space. Well, I am not sorry that I invited you to be on this call today. (laughs) (laughs) This has been so much fun, so revealing, so energizing. I just want to thank you. I think you've given the women that are listening some fabulous nuggets. And I think together we can really encourage every woman to embrace the challenges. Say thank you to those people that are assholes to you because they're going to push you to where you're supposed to be. Be, Say thank you for putting this hurdle in front of me because there's a path I'm supposed to take that I wouldn't have taken otherwise. Cheryl, you're a rock star. No, you're a superstar. I know. I feel like I should be sitting down like this. Thank you for having me. You're the best. You really are the best. I think the work that you do is beautiful. So thank you. You too. You too. And let's keep up the fight. Amen. Thank you all. And Cheryl, if some of the listeners want to join or participate in Females in Finance, where should they go? Oh, just go to the website, femalesandfinance.com. At the top, it says become a member. And you can even get into our Facebook group for free if that's the easiest. So love it, love it, love it. And for those of you, if you love this podcast, share it with others and visit us at femexadvisor.com. Have a great day, folks. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.